Namaste. Today we read a prayer dated December 11th, 1912, where the mother reveals to us a great secret. Everything is a great secret. <laughs> but the secret of going faster on the path. Now here is a little story. When somebody goes to a master to learn the highest truth, Brahma Jnana. So the master said, okay, come. Start making chapatis. He says, no, no, sir, I am sorry you are mistaken. I said I want to learn Brahma Jnana. Master said, I have heard it right. And I am sending you to the kitchen. But I am in a hurry. Hurry. Then you will take 30 years to learn. No, sir, I don't have so much time left. What if I put double my effort? Can I learn it in 15 years? He says, sorry, 60 years it will take you. No, 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 I'll put all my effort into it. Then maybe this lifetime is not for you. You see, it's very interesting. It's a Zen story which brings home a point in a paradoxical way. The effort which is being spoken here of is not that we should not intensify our aspiration or grow in sincerity. Of course we must. But here it is effort in an egoistic way. We want the divine and we want to tear the veil and you know, storm the kingdom of heaven with rushing up the staircase. Shobindu says that is the titanic way. In book uh, Savitri book 6, Canto 2, he gives uh, to human beings a very beautiful, when Narada reveals all this soul working of fate and everything, so he says, O mortal, what you should do, who complainest of death and fate, lean upon heaven's strength, turn towards high truth, aspire to love and peace. These are the things he gives, very simple advice. But then he says, Storm not through the titan's way. You see, titan is also wanting to climb to heaven. He wants to go to Golok and Bekunta and you see all some of these titans have even reached Brahmalok, Kailash, you know. So somebody will say, what is wrong with it? He is wanting to reach there. What is wrong with it? He is going the titan's way, wanting to storm through. No. That's what Trishanku tried. What was his fate, we know. Now it takes long, the journey takes long, you have to go through many experiences on the way. Mother speaks of it in one of her prayers, we have read earlier probably, that radical conversions are always suspect. You may have some experience, it's okay. But if you believe that you had this, suddenly these series of experiences and you are an enlightened being, enlightened in some part, okay, but it's a long journey because every part has to be prepared and you know, this that beautiful passage in Sabitri where he says that even when you fall, this too the supreme diplomat can use. He makes our fall into a means for greater rise. He is not advising us to fall, but he is revealing a profound truth. For why? How is it that? That the divine light comes into our darker parts. And there, hidden by the dark, darkness, he does his work. So, that's why we have a long passage. It's not like we suddenly went... Because there are many aspects in life which are like little nascent things which 
have to be transformed over a period of time. You can't throw the baby with the bath water. So often at one point, there is an aphorism of Shurabindu where he says, they say they are in love with God, but they cannot love even man. What are they in love with them? <laughs> it sounds very strange. And the other day we were discussing this. See, we can't even love our neighbor. We can't love people with whom you are working. And we say, I am loving mother. My God, it's a very, very huge thing to use this word. Mother says, they love an image of me. <laughs> Not me. They've created an image. Why this happens? Because we have not really taken care of these illusions and the Isha Upanishad's way is progressively enlarging. That is why again the gospel of works, when we go through works steadily, firmly, one step after another, then we enlarge our consciousness, it grows wider and wider till ultimately it touches the infinite and there is no danger. Otherwise if we do it suddenly, precipitously, then we have that wonderful passage, uh, Book 3, Canto 4, Vision and the Boon. I am the f- cause of things. I am the fire and the sweetness of life. But too immense my danger and my joy. Awake, not the immeasurable descent. Truth born too soon might break the imperfect earth. So what is the advice given to Ashupati? Ask not the uh, partial prize, the imperfect fruit. Only to greaten thy spirit demand. So he is given that don't be in a hurry. Ashapati is in a hurry. <laughs> says no, don't do that. Above blind fate and the antagonist powers, moveless there stands a high unchanging will to its omnipotence. Leave thy work's results. All things shall change in God's transfiguring hour. Shobindu, for 30 years, when somebody asked him that, Oh, when will Supermind come? He says, For 30 years I have been laboring at it and you want it so soon? And he says that, 30 years, you think it is too long? It would have ordinarily taken 30,000 years or 3 million years, who knows? We are impatient creatures because we always think of a short lifespan. That is our problem. And we want to finish the job. I want to arrive at the highest promotion level and with the same logic we apply in yoga also. Oh, yoga, realize the divine. Okay, now I must realize. That's why, what is the result of all this? Result of all this is cross-commercialization of yoga. How? Okay, you want quickly state of nirvana? Come. I'll teach you a meditation method and you'll have nirvana. 14 days. Come, come. How many dollars? If I give extra dollars, 7 days. Okay. This is Absurdity. Yoga can never be sold. It has to be lived. And to live it needs tremendous patience. And this is what perseverance, patience. And this is what she is revealing in this prayer. I await. Look at the start. I await. What is she waiting for? We know Milton's famous poem. They to serve who stand and wait. What is she waiting for? I await. Without haste, without inquietude, the tearing of another veil, <laughs> the union made more complete. She has united in, in her essential part, the soul. But now, mind, life, heart, body, 
Everything must unite. And there again, mind, so many aspects of the mind itself. Rational mind, imaginative mind, physical mind, sensory mind, material mind, which she will work upon toward the end of the... All these must unite. All the activities of the mind. Now just the mind itself is such a vast domain. Heart. Every feeling must unite. It is going to take time. So she says, I await without haste, without inquietude, the tearing of another veil, the union made, made more complete. I know. Now what is this veil? Divine is everywhere in everything. Why we can't see and experience? I know that the veil is formed of a whole mass of small imperfections of attachments without number. Again, our problem is with language. Attachment is different from love. Mother and Shurabindu has spoken about it. In fact, when you remove away attachment, love is born. Love is a chance to be born. Attachment is, I am important. And the other person is important because of me. That's not love. Love is when the other person is important because of the divine presence in that person. And divine brings people together. And when they are together, it is again an enhancement of offering. So attachment is for myself. Whereas love is something which is like a mighty vibration coming from the one within me and reaching out to the other person, to the one in another person. That's how the mother has described love. But attachment, preferences, attachment is also to my own notions, my ideas, all these things, preferences, they form the veil. I want things in a particular way, a veil has come. All these are countless imperfections. How shall all these disappear? Slowly, as the result of countless small efforts and a vigilance, not faltering even for a moment. Or suddenly, through a great illumination of thy all pews on love. It can come as an act of grace or through small little efforts. About small little efforts, he says, win your little victories. Don't be very happy that I sat in meditation and I had a marvelous experience. Win your little victories, egoism, anger, small little things. Attachments, preferences, step by step. And she says it, it will help the whole world. Then the second part is the divine part. <laughs> she says, you can't do it. Small efforts. But one day, suddenly, actually they are complementary. It's not either or. We do this little, little, little effort and one day the all love, all puja, that reveals itself. You know that cut up Nisha then. Another Upanishad. Nāyamātmā namedhā nabahunā śrutena yamaveshe vranute tena labhyasta shesha ātmā vevranute tanuswam. Not by much thought, intelligence, listening, hearing can one realize the truth. How? When the time comes, when the grace chooses, he whom the grace chooses, it knows, it reveals itself of itself. So the same truth is being conveyed here without the so many, you know, slokas there. And what is she saying? Beautiful. And she is connecting it with something else. That no, there is something which has gone. Like the chick and the egg. Mother gives this example. So like in, inside the egg, the chick is being formed. 
For a long time, we don't get to know that anything is happening. So people who are outside, never make them the criteria anyways of your life. But don't, uh, you know, they will see no change in the outer being and they will say, ah, you are practicing yoga, see. Outer being is the last to change, the eggshell. But something is happening inside. And one day, the egg is ready and the mother hen puts a little peck and the chick emerges. So yoga is like that. Small little effort going on inside. But nothing tangible, visible. Shobindu says, 12 years you have to give just for the purification process. And it can extend. There are parts which will carry on. But the will should be there. The sincerity, not giving up attitude. Oh, I have done what I had to do. Now, you know. It's not in that spirit she is saying, okay, now when the divine wants. No. Our small little efforts. When the time comes, without haste, impatience, we wait. And when the time comes, the all Pusan love will give the illumination. Look at it. The illumination of thy all Pusan love. She is not saying illumination of thy Truth and light. All Pusa. All powerful love. Which alone can bring the change. I know not. I do not even put to myself the question. So she is cautioning us. People who want to put a condition. How many years before I will get this realization? That is one thing very good about Sri Yoga. That he has not fixed a time limit. <laughs> Those who want time can go elsewhere. There is very... Uh, there was a person here always wearing white dress. Now, always wearing white dress, be very careful. So, there was one person. So, everybody thought he is very sincere. Because, you know, he would go sit in the dining room in a certain way, certain posture, not speak anything and, you know, very sincere. Then one day, he said, I am going from here. I am going to some other movement. I don't want to name it publicly. And they asked me to speak to him. I said, let him go. Why we are, no, no, he is, you know, such a sincere fellow. I said, if he is so sincere, why is he going? He doesn't know anything, understand anything. <laughs> Anyways, since they insisted, I spoke to him. I had just come, 2004 or something like that. So I asked him, I said, what is it that is making you go? He said, all around I am seeing this, that. I said, why are you seeing around here? You are supposed to see inside or you are supposed to see? First condition is wrong. So anyways, he said, no, no, I don't think yoga of transformation is happening there. and I must go there. I said, what makes you say so? He said, I am here for the last five years. Nothing much has happened. There I will go and instantly I will get the transformation. I said, then you deserve to go. I told people, I said, please let him go. <laughs> let his illusion <laughs> end after going there. And later on, what happens when you do that? You have lost this and your soul cries, but have taken a different course. So, yoga is never done in haste. That's why balance, moderation, state of peace, equanimity, surrender, trust. But we do our bit, whatever small little things. And these small little things are many throughout the day. Somebody says something and we are hurt. Or somebody says something and I am elated. All these countless things. We have to look carefully and say, oh, still there is this I. So, that's how one has to proceed. So, she says, I do not even put to myself the question, when this is going to happen. I wait, keeping watch as best as I can, in the certitude that nothing exists, save thy will. 
When you want it, then nothing can stop it. And till you don't want it, nothing can grant me this. You know, that story of the man who was surrendered to his master and then once his master tells him, you please go to that uh, guru in the other village and convey this letter to him. So he goes and he gives that letter to him. And the master reads the letter and says, Come, I want to embrace you. Your master has praised you so highly. I'll embrace you and give you the realization that you are seeking for. Because there was one little thing which was remaining. Now this is not transformation, huh? just realization. of. <laughs> so he suddenly stepped back. He said, no, no, no. He said, why? He said, my master knows when to give me what he has to give me. If he has not given me, he knows best. Then the other master smiled and he said, this was your last test. You are truly surrendered. Go back. And he goes and gets the realization. He himself began, became a master in his own right. So this waiting with complete trust and surrender. When the divine wants, the divine will, it thinks we are ready, will it will grant whatever it has to be given. But we have to wait, not in like, okay, inertia, tamas, no. We do our little bit. Giving the realization, not giving the realization is not our job. It is somebody else's job. Why do we want to do somebody else's job? <laughs> it's, uh, that's what the Asura wants, forcibly. So he drags Brahmaji down and then says, I want immortality. And Brahmaji says, well, if you ask me like this, you are not going to get it. Okay, conditional mortality, that I can grant. Prahlad doesn't ask immortality. He simply says, Hari, Hari, Hari and he gets immortality. <laughs> because the divine knows he is ready. So this is the whole condition. The same story of two people sitting below a tree and they ask Narada, going to the Lord, tell us, ask Hari and tell us how long will it take us to realize. And he comes back and tells the yogi, the jnana yogi, it will take three more lives. He says, three more lives? My God, I have wasted my life. This life, why should I bother now? And he goes, gets up from his asana and goes. And then the bhakta, what about me, sir? Oh, you see leaves on the tree? Thousands. That many lives the Lord will reveal himself to you. And he starts dancing in great joy. Hari will come, Hari will come, that's enough. And at that moment, Hari manifests. So time is not shortened by our eagerness. Time is shortened when we learn to wait, surrender, trust, give ourselves. That's how the path is shortened. And not by over-eagerness or certainly not by ambition. Spiritual ambition though is really ghatak in yoga. I want to realize. There is a lot of ambition in that, no? Then I am realized. Yogi, you people don't know. So I must dress in a certain way. Way to look like one. All these are falsehoods and deceptions, and one day they go away. So she says, I wait, keeping watch as best as I can in the certitude that nothing exists save thy will, that thou alone art the doer and I am the instrument. And when the instrument is ready for a completer manifestation, the manifestation will quite naturally take place. Now you see, in different parts, she's in the previous one, she is not the instrument. Why? Because it's through the mouth. 
Then there is some other portions. So again she goes back to that part, identifies, knows that here again the veil will be rent and once again it will be the divine force flowing. So like that many aspects of nature. It's not enough that one part, one instrument, brain, thought, speech is open, heart, life, body, all these are instruments. So there is this identification with the instrument. In this yoga it's very common. So when one is back to the instrument, one says, oh I have lost that. No, you have not lost. Now the working is in another area. Then one comes back, then a third area. Then finally all these ready parts are kept in the right place. Then one day you have Tesla bringing together all the parts, <laughs> making the space rocket. But it is a long process. Already there is hurt from behind the veil, but something happens which gives us an indication that we are drawing closer. What is that? That there is a gladness and joy in the heart. There is faith which is not diminished. There is the certitude of victory. There is love. There is peace. All these are signs that we are drawing closer. Rest working on the instrument will take time. Already there is hurt from behind the veil. The wordless symphony of gladness that reveals thy sublime presence. So this is the wonderful prayer. As I said, all these are complementary to each other and they, are, they weave a wonderful path through all kinds of activities and things. So we must get rid of this idea that yoga is only about sitting in meditation. Meditation is a process of the mind, one of the things. It doesn't change the entire being. For other parts of the nature, one has to work steadily, slowly, step by step. So we read this prayer again, December 11th, 1912. I await without haste, without inquietude, the tearing of another veil, the union made more complete. I know that the veil is formed of a whole mass of small imperfections, of attachments without number. How shall all these disappear? Slowly, as the result of countless small efforts and a vigilance not faltering even for a moment, or suddenly, through a great illumination of thy all puzan love. I know not, I do not even put to myself the question. I wait, keeping watch as best as I can, in the certitude that nothing exists save thy will, that thou alone art the doer and I am the instrument and when the instrument is ready for a completer manifestation, the manifestation will quite naturally take place. Not to push, over eager, nothing. To learn to wait is to put time on our side. And when everything is ready, it is spontaneous, natural, like the blossoming of a flower, like the emergence of the chick from the egg, like the growing of a tree, like the infant developing into a hero and a sage. So this should be our approach. Already there is hurt from behind the veil, the
the wordless symphony of gladness that reveals thy sublime presence. Ma. Okay, so we'll stop here.